Hello! Welcome to Gutter Trash, episode 318. <laughs> I think that's right. Alright. Hail Caesar! <coughs> Hail Caesar! <laughs> My name is Eric. I'm Jason. How you doing? Good. That's good. I'm excited. <clears throat> Are you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got a special guest. We do have a special guest. Uh, I am outnumbered. <laughs> Too many youngs. Yep. Well, first of all, we are back at your house again. Yes. Uh, you have taken care of your dog yeah. so that she is not a, an issue at the moment. It should last m- maybe even as a, upwards of 12 minutes. She might be quiet. <laughs> I thought she was going to be the special guest. <laughs> you mean it was me? Yeah. <laughs> should have given him some peanut butter, too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, introduce our guest. Then. This is uh, this is my brother, Mr. Joe Young. Hello, welcome hey. to the show. <clears throat> yeah. Um, if you have trouble distinguishing our two voices, then any <laughs> intelligent comments were probably me. Yeah, right. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they certainly weren't for me or Eric. So. So we went on a field trip. Yeah, we did. It's the first one in a very long time. Yeah, we usually don't leave the house. <laughs> it's safer here. <laughs> usually. <laughs> Unless you get jumped on by a dog. Yeah, that's true. It Which happens. It's happened more times in the past few episodes yeah. than usual. She's she's right now she's distracted by a bone full of peanut butter <laughs> in, an, in another room of the house. So. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's two of my favorite things. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, we did do a field trip out to the uh, Regal Cinemas. Yep. Where we watched Hail Caesar. Yeah. The new uh, Coven Brothers film. Indeed. So uh, it's only been like an hour or so since that happened. I'm still trying to process it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot going on. <laughs> That's what I love about their movies, though. Um, like, they're very entertaining. And, and, like, they give you a lot to figure out later without ruining the entertainment value of it. It's not right. like you're just it's not like you're just scratching your head and like, I don't know if I like that or not. It's like, yeah, I liked it. Now I gotta figure out some of these elements. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it's a a star studded event. Yeah. <laughs> uh and I I'm seriously I'm not sure where to start yeah. with this. <laughs> it I haven't read anything about like what it's about, but I, I feel like it's you know it just seems like they're a uh, nod to the history of Hollywood. Like the good and bad things in the movie makings of yesteryear. A little bit. And there's there's also something deeper happening, I think, too. But, uh, and also I think maybe it's just an excuse for them to film old-style oh, yeah. Hollywood-type right, movies, right. but just short doses of them. Yeah, yeah it was almost, it almost <clears throat> kind of felt like a... Um, you know, like a, uh, you know, a bunch of short stories. What, what do they call that? I, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An anthology. There you go. Um, <clears throat> cause yeah, there's like a bunch of little sections of the movie that, you know, each section's a different style of film that isn't really popular these days, like right. Westerns and, you know, epic, uh, Biblical type things, right, or, right. or musicals, musicals, yeah. or water movies, water, whatever that is, water <laughs> movies. 
think we've all, we've all seen the water movie. I just didn't realize that was. <clears throat> oh, yeah, Kevin Costner, water movie. Yeah, yeah. water yeah, what are we? <laughs> Where Dennis Hopper has that musical number in the middle of the ocean. Wait, I thought we were talking about uh, the Adam Sandler film, The Water Boy. Oh, yeah. It's a water movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween H2O. That's a water movie. Chemically speaking. <laughs> um, yeah, Scarlett Johansson plays an actress who is dressed as a mermaid during a water movie. Yeah. Where she's like, there's like a giant, you know. Uh, routine like dance numbers style thing. Yeah, you just sold a lot serving. of people on the movie by saying Scarlett Johansson <laughs> dressed as a mermaid. Right? Yeah, I'd probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she looks great in that movie. She it's looks hard. great in most movies. Yeah. She's a even with the fishtails, she's very attractive. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, she looked great in her. No, that's true. Yeah, she wasn't even in it. No, nope. <laughs> she's just a computer screen. Yeah, so, uh, so what did you guys think? Did you like it? I don't know. <laughs> I did like it, but to what degree? Like you said, it's going to take a day. Oh, yeah. It's it's like a lot of their movies where you have to go home and you don't know where it ranks among their movies right. in your mind until you sit, sit on it for a day or two and think about it and say, okay, now I know yeah. how much exactly to what degree I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, you and I have reviewed numerous Coen Brothers movies at this point, and I think we say this every time, is that, you know, like, even when they make a bad movie, it's still pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like, I like every single movie I've seen. Them. There's there's a couple that I think are, like, weak, you know, right. compared to their the rest of their oeuvre, right. is that a word? Um, but, oeuvre. Oeuvre. Uh, but... Um, but uh, yeah, I'd rather watch the worst Coen Brother movie than the best anybody else movie. Right. Uh, I think my initial gut reaction though is this may be one of the weaker ones. You think? I, yeah. To to me, yeah. I I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I feel like I'd want to see it again. You know, before I went went off and like reviewed it or anything on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on. There's so many characters and. Yeah. And it all kind of ties together, though. A little bit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, enough. I mean, like, the the Scarlett Johansson subplot doesn't really fit in with the rest of the movie, other than, you know, just a thread that, you know, uh, Josh Brolin's character has to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Brolin's, like, the main, like, studio manager is what he is. Basically, yeah. And uh, he's basically trying to wrangle all these, you know, things that are kind of falling apart together. And I, th- I feel like it's just one of those things that it's just another thing that he has to wrangle together. And because uh, a lot of the movies about him and his decision to stay as a, you know, stay as at his job as as the the head of the studio or right. or do something less frivolous and more serious. I don't um, think it's so much less frivolous, but just less stressful. I think right it is. Well, the his he's been courted by Lockheed Martin to to take a new job uh, away from you know Hollywood, uh, and their whole position is that it's not frivolous, yeah, right? Uh, but it's important work, right? Yeah, destroying other humans, exactly. Know. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, this is set. What what does it say? What year exactly? It's forties, right? I think it's in the fifties. 
Is it 50s? Yeah. I think I noticed actually on one of the sub movies where they're oh. running the credits, it was it's a 1951 in Roman oh, okay. numerals. So, okay, yeah. cool. Judging by that, that's where I got the. Yeah, 51 sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like and 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 that's something that is just great about this movie. All the cars and like clothes oh, yeah. and everything. It's it's so worth watching just for all the cool yeah. cars and clothes. But, but yeah, so but I think it's about uh, you know, I mean, not only is it a love letter to Hollywood, but I feel like it's you know, like the serious element of it is you know judging what is important in your life, you know. See, I mean, there, there's that aspect, but I think, at least at the end of the movie, what I feel they were actually trying to say is that I think this was a movie about God. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of their movies have biblical elements to them. Yeah. I think this one, maybe more so than, than the others. Right. Because within this movie, Hail Caesar, there is a movie being filmed called Hail Caesar. Right. <laughs> so meta. Uh, which, which uh, I forget what the exact subtitle of the movie was, but it's like A Tale of the Christ or something right, like that. Right, uh, And it's about like a Roman soldier who like at the end basically is supposed to, you know, convert to Christianity. Right. And, you know, because he's true see, God. He sees the kindness of Christianity or whatever. Right. And, and Jesus himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, so basically the Coen brothers made a movie about making a movie about Jesus and turned that into a movie about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But a really hilarious movie about Jesus. (laughs) See, that's the thing. I don't know if this was truly hilarious. Oh, really? There's a lot of parts I thought were really funny. I did too, but like, I, I think. Even like Burn After Reading, I feel was funnier. Mm. You know, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I think was was by far oh, yeah. you know, um, a funnier yeah. movie. Yeah. That's just like a stellar movie, though. No, it's true. Like they just knocked it out of the park on that one. Yeah, but I love the music in this movie. Like, there's, there's, yeah, there's like a musical number with Channing Tatum, and uh, <laughs> that was great. So no, it wasn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric traditionally doesn't like musicals. Um, or singing in general. Yep. But uh, but the lyrics were really funny, and it was just... Like, yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. I loved it that. Uh, yeah. The, the homosexual overtones yeah. of it was, was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, everybody's in sailor costume and uh, doing weird dances with one another. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then there's like a secondary subplot. Well, like... Part of the main plot is George Clooney plays the the star of Hail Caesar who gets kidnapped, uh, and so Josh Brolin has to like figure out what the deal with that is. Uh, but there's also like a Western star who gets forced off of the movie he was making and is is forced into making a uh, like a period drama type thing right but he is just completely ill-suited for it right uh there there are a lot of things happening yeah in this movie there really are i'm still trying to tie them all together (laughs) and a theme that i see reoccurring is 
talking about doing, you know, how we said the main, Josh Brolin did a great job, by the way, I, I think he was my oh, favorite yeah. character, but yeah, he was awesome. But, uh, you know, he's trying to decide if, if he should be, do, what's, what's the right thing for him to do. And if, should it be more serious or is that really even something of value to be, to do something that's considered serious by most people. And I kind of feel like the Western guy was in the same boat, like making the movies he's comfortable with and good at, or right. being forced into a more serious role in that period piece that he was yeah. having no uh, fun that, doing. That, right, yeah, right. that wasn't more enjoyable for him, but it's more serious work. So right. it, it's kind of a reoccurring theme yeah, uh, throughout yeah. the movie. And even, I would say, George Clooney's character kind of has right. to face that thing with right. know, once we get, uh, you know, what's actually happening to him is revealed. Right, yeah, like, what, what does he believe it? Should he go with what he really believes in, or should he just stick with what he's good at and comfortable with and right. get some accolades? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but I'm just saying, I'm just yeah, kind of yeah, tying yeah. that together. Yeah, it's a definitely a theme. But I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's... I think mostly, like, what I got out of it was, like, them just paying tribute to all the different, like, old Hollywood things. Uh, I mean, yeah, that is definitely a thing that's happening. Except no noir. Well, <laughs> because yeah. I feel probably because... They've done it so much, right? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, we're good at that. Yeah. Again, there we go. Uh-oh. Oh. Again, what? Uh, you know, like... Another part of the theme about, you know, doing something you're you're good at and oh, comfortable yeah. with. You right. know, maybe they yeah. themselves are like, well, yeah. we know that we can do noir. Right. Yeah. We've never done a water movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they've done everything. You know, they've done, <laughs> if you consider a Western even kind of theme. Oh, uh, yeah. No Country for Old Men. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. A lot of different. A lot of, a lot of noir. Like yeah. Noir comedy of, and right. noir non-comedy. Yeah. There's even a little bit of slapstick in this movie, too. Yeah. They always throw that in there, too, when things are getting too serious. Right. Like they have some entertaining... You're always going to laugh out loud once or twice, and and George Clooney does such great comedy. With oh, him yeah. Too. oh, yeah. He's very physical. Yeah. I was trying to think, uh, during the movie, like, I mean, he's done a few Coen Brothers movies at this point, but he's always in a comedic role. Right. I think. Right. Like, yeah. I don't think he's ever done any of their serious movies. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe they see his value. Right. He, he's always so serious in his other most. Oh yeah, yeah. Makes. yeah. I'd like to see the Coen Brothers get John Hamm in one of their movies. Oh, that would be great because he's so funny and underused as as a comedian. Yeah, right. Yeah, like the only people that seem to really use him for his comedic value are like other comedians. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like if he guests on their shows. Right. Or yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really liked it. I'd I'd love to see it again actually. I mean, you know, yeah, with, with all their movies, you know, it's it's visually stunning and you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's definitely engaging. And it's know. so they like I mean, you know, people always put the word quirky with the Coen Brothers, but they have like an oddness to them that yeah. isn't just like for the sake of being odd, it's just like it's so unique. Right. It's such a unique voice. Really is. I think this one may have Maybe other than Oh Brother Where Art Thou, I think was probably one of their more odder films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like just because I was never bored or, or like you know just just thinking, ah, geez, you know what's happening. But like 
I was thinking like, what is happening? <laughs> like, like I'm just, right. like, I was engaged like the entire time, but having no idea where anything was going right. or how it all tied together. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm dumb, so maybe it's just that, but <laughs> I think it's just the way they, they make movies. Yeah. They just have a way of getting you to go along with them right. and uh, take you to weird places, which is, it's, yeah, it's, I, that's, they're my favorite filmmakers. And I think it's because they don't take themselves too seriously, but they could if they wanted to. Right. Because yeah, yeah. they're that good. Yeah. Like, that's what I like about them. So I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. The, uh, uh, comic book writer Matt Fraction uh, wrote a blog uh, about a week or two ago. Uh, basically, it was like his musings on the movie Fargo and talking about... Uh, how the the scene where Frances McDormand meets up with like her old college boyfriend, oh, Micah Kanagia, right? Yeah, is. and how you know basically the the entire scene between them just sort of doesn't fit in with the rest of the movie, and it's just kind of weird, and you know it's funny or whatever, but you know why is it really there? Like you could take it out, and it has no bearing on the movie whatsoever. Right. And so he basically dissects that. It's there to show that throughout the entire movie, uh, Margie, the character, never shares the screen with evil. And the only time in the movie that it even, that evil encroaches on her, like she pushes it away, like she is stronger than evil, and that's the Mike character. And so he, like, explains this whole thing about how, you know, like every time that she is confronted with the many horrible people in the movie, like they are never in the same shot together, huh? Except for that one instance. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah, because like when she's driving, um, Peter, Peter Stormare away, yeah. like she's in the front seat, and they keep cutting into the back seat. Right. Like, yeah, you hmm. can only see like a blurry reflection of him sharing the same shot with her. That's interesting. And so basically, he's just proving that you know, to the last detail, they are meticulous about what they are doing. And they know what right. they are doing. Right. Right? Like there's a plan for everything that they've done. Right. <clears throat> and so things that seem like you could take them out and not lose anything. There's probably something there. We just have right. to right. wrap our heads around it. Uh, like even even in like your, that scene you're talking about from Fargo, I thought if nothing else, it it uh it gave you a sense of her realizing what she does have with her husband. Right. You know. Like, I mean, yeah, there, there's you know, reasons for it there, too, but, you know, you could easily remove it from the movie. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Hail Caesar has a lot of things that, right. like, if you really... Like, ultimately, you know, like, the whole Scarlett Johansson subplot, you could easily take it. Yeah. Like, like I don't think it has any bearing on the movie whatsoever, but there must obviously be a reason that it's there other than to have Scarlett Johansson right. in a bikini or whatever. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I know. I mean, she had to make a big decision in her right end result too. So right. I, I don't know how to tie that in exactly, though. But there's yeah. probably something there about that decision making process. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that I think is just like showing all the different weird characters and things well, sure, in Hollywood, right. and you have to like. You know all the all the characters and situations that Brolin has to wrangle together. Right. Manix is that his name. Manix, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a great name. 
That's probably why it was a TV cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, all Coen Brothers movies, that at least the ones I've seen, have all been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they do all. There, There is a ranking, and I think my initial reaction to this is it may be one of the not top of the list good ones. Right. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. We we actually went with a, a fourth con- uh, co-conspirator here. Right, we right. saw it with our friend Neil. He was he had to leave early. Uh, he couldn't do the podcast. So yeah. I wonder if he uh, if he had a like you know a different take on things because we didn't really talk after them. Right. We, we we all just kind of left. Um, so I'm curious, curious what he would have thought too. He's, but he's probably busy putting decimal points on the end of uh, <laughs> equations right now at right, seven, sure. seven cents uh, per. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe he'll comment in the blog. On yeah, that that'd be cool. Thing here, I mean, he does listen occasionally, yeah. so he should comment. Yeah. Neil. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean. Yeah, like it was never not enjoyable. Right. Yeah. And, and I was definitely engaged, you know, to, to see it through to the end and then, you know, see what the resolution to it all right. is going to be. Well, you never know what details are going to surface to tie everything right. all up. So you're engaged the whole time because you right. got to catalog every one right. of them. Right. right. And yeah, there are a lot of threads of, of stuff happening throughout this whole movie. Right, a lot of decision. Like every character makes a decision. It seems like like I'm even thinking now of the uh, one of the characters getting on a sub and he's deciding between his dog and, oh, yeah. and, and a lot of cash. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd go for the dog. Yeah. Uh, clearly, I love my dog. She's on the podcast right now. Yep. <laughs> You know, there was something funny, too, actually, before the movie started. There's this, like, it actually made me chuckle out loud, but I went up to the, the teller. I think you were getting your ticket autom- on the automated thing. Mm-hmm. And I went over to the teller, and I was like, I'd like the 715 Hail Caesar. And she goes, Hail Caesar? Uh, and, like, it was just funny because, like, the, like, like I said Hail Caesar, and the very next thing I heard was her saying Hail Caesar. And it was just... It felt like we were in the same club. You know, like, I was like, hell, Caesar. She's like, hell, Caesar. Did you give some sort of salute or anything? I don't believe it. I mean, I, we exchanged cash for tickets. So there's, there's like a little bit of, you know, some secret code yeah. going on there. Paying tribute to Caesar. Right. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. So, I mean, it's worth watching, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. As most of their movies seem to be. Yeah. yeah. But it is, yeah, it is uh, one of their comedies, so yeah. if you go in knowing that. And, and there is uh, an unfortunate amount of, of singing and dancing. There's <laughs> a perfect amount. It wasn't too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there really weren't. There's like maybe, what, two? There were two scenes, but the, uh, the Channing Tatum one seemed to go on. <laughs> For a very long time. All right. Yeah, that was fun. That was very fun. But yeah, I think everybody will get something out of it too. Yeah, and, you know, basically entertainment for one, but also just it'll make them think about right. something too. It's right. not just your typical slapstick comedy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm sure I'll think of something two days from now I that know, was, right? Right. would be great to have that's, said. That's 
That's what I always do. Like after we do a movie podcast, because uh, the comics usually like we read them and a couple days later. Right. But yeah, the movies right. we usually record right after, and then like I'll be walking Edna like the next morning, like ah, oh, I should have said something about that scene. Or, <laughs> right. That happens a lot. Right. Uh, well, comics you can digest more and like spend more time on a certain panel if it really right, intrigues right, you. Right, right, movies right. you're at their pace. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I guess we could take like you know. You know, a week or so after we watch a movie, but I know that I would forget. We'd just forget. Right, we'd, we'd forget as much as we would have epiphanies. Right. right. I mean, like already, I'm sure I've forgotten something about the movie that you know I wanted to mention while we were watching it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, loyalty questioning too. Like, oh yeah. Communism and the, you know, what's right and like what's effectual. Like it was, it was kind of funny when they were like. The, the the communists were the writers were talking about all the awesome subtle communist propaganda they hide in the movies right. and how proud they were of it and it was all like like George Clooney was like uh I guess I saw that movie I guess you know like so it was just funny how people are like yeah they're so proud of like you know all the minds they're changing sometimes and it's like maybe they should just take it less seriously and right you know because you're actually not doing what you think you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, you know, it's probably one of those things where, you know, I'm going to think of something brilliant to say <laughs> about this thing, you know, but, you know, yeah, I'm still just kind of processing it and trying to unpack it, but. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was good. It was fun to uh, hang out with everybody, too. That, that I, too. I did eat some popcorn that left my belly a little upset. <laughs> uh, I had some buttery butter like substance right that's, uh, that's, I would call it butter but yeah. that's why uh, it's not butter but uh, I, I see that's, that's why I'm a pretzel guy yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah. you you went the smart road you yeah. had a pretzel I had an entire bag of Sour Patch Kids that I snuck in yeah that I bought a Circle K in and uh, it's Mike and Ike's that I bought at uh, the local grocery yeah. store. So. Joe, had, Joe had a whole like. Now the cinema police will be knocking on our door yeah. after <laughs> listening to this podcast. Joe had like cans of pop and like, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I'm not sure how you snuck that in. Uh, I'll teach you. Uh, it's right, called keystrings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he learned it during his drug mule phase. Right. right. Uh, yeah, we uh, we went to the theater and uh, there was only uh, four other people besides us in there. That's awesome. It was pretty fantastic. You'd think there was something else going on tonight. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to take a break? Sure. All right. We'll be back. We'll, we'll go listen to my dog chew on a bone. We can do that right now. Yeah.
Hey, welcome back to Gunner Trash. <laughs> <clears throat> Hello. Howdy. Howdy. So, Joe, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I'm excited to be the first time guest. Oh, yeah. 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 You, uh, you get mentioned quite a bit uh, on, on uh, various episodes. I'm trying to remember, like, what do we, why, how we, I mean, I'm sure we have, but. Yeah, you know, we, we just talk about. Things that have happened to us in the past, and maybe they'll remind you of a story. Of I apologize that. for those things already. <laughs> it's usually nothing bad. Yeah. Mostly yeah. involves comics or toys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Maybe a movie or two that you guys watched as kids or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's something. That, uh, when I was a, a kid, uh, the first Coen Brothers movie I saw in the theater, my mom took my brother and I to see The Hudsucker Proxy. Wow. So whatever year that was, right? <clears throat> Yeah. I don't think, like, I didn't even, I was like, oh, there's a movie about, like, a hula hoop or something. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know it was a Coen Brothers movie. You know, I didn't know. I think all, all I'd ever seen was Raising Arizona, which, like, yeah. that was, like, the first Coen Brothers movie we ever watched. Right. And loved that one. Definitely one of my favorites. It's a, it's a good one. I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, I've probably seen that more than any other three Coen Brothers movies combined. <laughs> really? I've just watched it so many times over the years. <clears throat> I think I've seen Two or three times. Yeah, me too. Fargo is probably I've seen maybe three or four. Yeah. So yeah, yeah one more. Wow. Uh, there's still quite a few I haven't actually seen. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mostly they're newer ones actually. Yeah. Like I don't think other than no Country for Old Men was maybe the last new one that I watched. Wow. You didn't see Inside Lewin Davis. I did not. There's a lot of singing in that one. Yeah. There's more more so than in this one, actually. I feel like I would be okay with that one, though. Yeah. Just because, you know, it's part of the... The narrative. Yeah. yeah. It, it's about a singer, so like, right. I would be mentally prepared. Unlike, you know, when Channing Tatum just <laughs> kind of starts singing. Uh, I know the, that it's part of, like, the musical movie that they're making. Right. But it's set up like a musical. So it's like you're watching the musical. Right. Yeah. Which is that people just break out into song, which is the thing that I hate the most <laughs> about musicals. That definitely could have been a scene from the 50s <coughs> oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. So well choreographed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Hudsucker Proxy, that's a weird one to to first go see at the, the theater. Yeah. Or was it just like? Oh no! I, I you no loved idea. it from the beginning, though. I remember. Like, I I think you were really impressed leaving the theater. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I think you were saying that was one of your favorite movies ever. <laughs> well, was yeah. it something that you wanted to see? That I think, you just. Like, I don't uh, think we really knew a whole lot about it. Yeah. But I just. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was a Coen Brothers movie, and because yeah, I didn't even know it was a Coen Brothers. Movie. I was just like, oh, that looks funny, you know. No, my mom. We should get her in here as a guest to see what she thought about it. Yeah, it's not not her typical cup of tea, but I think she even liked it right. for what it was. I mean, it's got some. Most of their movies have something for everyone, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That, that is also a fairly good movie as well. Oh yeah, right. Jennifer Jason Leigh's amazing. Right. Right. Bruce Campbell's in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. small role, but yeah. Right. Yeah, I guess they were pals with the Ramey and oh, yeah. Campbell troop. I think they, they started out 
like as like Raimi's editors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think they worked on a movie called Crime Wave with him. Yeah, but I think they knew each other before then as well. Okay. So, yeah. Because yeah, Crime Wave was Raimi's first non-Evil Dead movie. Right. Yeah. Which I've also never seen, but it's weird. It's so hard to hard to get get a hold of a right. copy. Yeah, it's probably not in print. Yeah. Yeah, I think I watched the VHS copy that a friend of mine had in high school. Yeah. Edna's over there sharpening her teeth. Yep. She's ate all of the peanut butter in the other room, and now she's here to uh, join us on the show. Sure. That was, uh, sure. Yeah, it needs some ambient noise in the background. Yeah. It is kind of like, I was listening to some Japanese noise the other day when I was driving <laughs> around. It is kind of like, yeah. run that through like a, you know, oscillating filter, and uh, yeah. you, get, you get yourself a merch bound record. Yeah. Go on tour as long as you have enough peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) That might be really popular. Like all all those noise guys that have to have like some sort of niche, you know, to hang their hat on. And like one guy makes his own guitars with like they they have like his name's Soul Mania, and they they have like necks shooting out in every direction, and he just uses them to make noise, like crazy noise. You know, I could, I could be the dog guy. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> have like a contact mic like strapped to your collar or something. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. So yeah, so Joe, tell us a little, uh, little uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little something. Yeah. We are great interviewers. Yeah. <laughs> I see you prepared that question in <laughs> yeah. advance. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Barbara Walters ask uh, Jeffrey Dahmer that question. <laughs> I don't know what's more disturbing that I'm Jeffrey Dahmer or you're Barbara Walters right. in this analogy. Right. <laughs> oh, we've had worse role playing than that yep. in this very room, probably. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah. so, yeah, you're back at Mavericks. Uh, Sometimes, yeah. We yeah. mentioned we mentioned yeah. that before. You're like, you worked at the comic shop that I work at now. You worked there in the '80s. Good times. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you left in like '98, I think it was something like that. That's true. Yeah, that would be that would be correct. About right. <clears throat> but yeah, you've been helping out like once a week, which is fun. Yeah, back it is. It's, I mean, that's always going to be like a home because. I spent a lot of time not only working there, but just shopping there, oh, yeah. too. So like before we worked right. there, yeah. And, you know, Sometimes both at the same time. Right. And shopping <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, yeah, it's it's a great place, great group of people. And Jack is his family. Yeah, right? yeah Jack is his family to you guys, for sure. And, and I think he always kind of treats his, his employees, you know, former and not, you know, as, as oh, yeah. good as he possibly can. Right. Yeah. Sometimes like a weird grandpa. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and also you know, not necessarily treating you good, but like giving you you know lots of money or benefits or anything like that. <laughs> but you know, he he makes you feel special. <laughs> right? Yeah, makes you feel We do okay. Like uh, I'm sure I, I'm sure I could make less money doing a job I liked less. So right. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or you could make more money doing a job you like less, which right. leads us back to the movie. Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Or our friend Neil. <laughs> our friend Neil, yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hi, Neil. We're thinking of you. Uh, he probably earned as, you know, I don't know, as much in the last, you know, four seconds as I, I do in an uh, entire day, but he was doing it with decimal points instead of Silver Age Jack Kirby comics. So, <laughs> so there, Neil. Stick that in your ear. Uh, yeah, we, we miss Neil at the shop. But at least we have my brother here. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's yeah. a big excuse to fill. <laughs> I do my five hours a week to do what I can. Yeah, it takes Joe five hours to do what Neil did in 40. <laughs> but, you know. <clears throat> yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> so, so what is, now that you've had time to rank all the movies except for the current one, and Coen Brothers, what would you say is your all-time favorite? My favorite? I'd probably say Raisin Arizona. That's still mine, too. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, there's a nostalgia for it, but... That could be part of it. Yeah. I think... Hmm, I think Oh Brother might be their best-made movie, but I think their most underrated movie is definitely The Man Who Wasn't There. Because I think that's... Uh, right. I think that's one of the best movies they've made. I would agree with that. And, and, and you're like... It's hardly ever on, like... The, you know, like any list the makers yeah. i mean when right. it says like the makers of they say big lebowski and oh brother and you know both great movies right but, and i love big lebowski but it's definitely their most overrated movie for sure i i i mean i don't know i guess it's got such a cult following i, I see what you mean but i think it's a fantastic oh, movie i love it yeah no, do not get me wrong about that i love it i actually just watched like 20 minutes of it the other day right just because but you know I think this is one of those instances where, like, the fans of that yeah, make right. it like, awful Lebowski to be Fest. a fan. Yeah. I, you know, like, I actually was going to go to Lebowski Fest. Not not the one, like, out west, but there's one in Columbus. And I was really excited about it, but I just ended up not being able to go. But it, it is weird to me that, like, you know, it has such a, like, weird cult. I, I think anything that has to do with beer and weed gets, like, a following. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, and that's just their movie about beer and weed. So. <laughs> I love that movie because it's like it's it's a detective movie. It's like an old timey detective movie. It just happens to be the detective is just a stoner who wears a bathrobe all day right. and, and likes the bowl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, man, who wasn't there? I think is is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, it's a great uh, yeah. like noir movie. But it's so like uh, just this just a uh, it's funny, but in like a deadpan kind of way. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's just got a lot of great actors in it. Um, um, yeah, I think it's, I think that's the most underrated one. I think it's definitely the best thing Billy Bob Thornton has ever done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Maybe even Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Tony Shalhoub is a, oh my God, he's so <laughs> great in that movie. Um, what's his name? Freddie Reed Reed Schneider, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's so great in that movie. He's got so much dialogue that's so quick-witted and insane. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, what's your favorite? Oh, Big Lebowski. Yeah? No. <laughs> I think it's underrated. Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, I mean, yeah, there's probably like five or six of their movies I haven't actually seen. 
uh, in the ones I have, like I've maybe only seen once. Uh, but I think probably the one that stuck out to me the most after watching it was uh, Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the one I came away with the most, you know, happy having watched it. That is yeah. great. Yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. Everything about that movie is beautiful. Like you said, I think Raising Arizona for me just has a nostalgia factor too. Oh, yeah. We owned that, that VHS just, tape right. and watched it, I don't know how many, oh, like you yeah. said, so many times. Oh, yeah. Never got tired of it. I still have that exact VHS wow. tape and still managed to keep a VHS player around where I can just for that play reason, it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just for not having to replace all those old movies. But, oh, it's great. But yeah. I could sit down and watch it and enjoy it just as much every time. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies that kind of blew my mind when I saw it because I'd never seen anything like that. Right. As far as just, you know, just strange, but so funny and. And back when Nicolas Cage movies were always really yeah, good, I mean, he, was, he was an eccentric <laughs> yeah. character. His, oh, his, his movies are still always. Yeah. <laughs> I know that is a movie too. Like every time I watch it, like somewhere in the middle of the movie or towards the end of the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, this is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like, like it just doesn't even look like him or sound like him. Right. But all he has is like a little longer hair and a mustache. Yeah, right? he's, he's he's so good in it too. Oh, he's incredible. I mean, back then, I liked almost everything quite a bit. Oh, yeah. You have to kind of wonder, though, because, I mean, the Coen brothers, you know, they reuse a lot of the oh, actors. Yeah, that's that's true. Again. Yeah. But they only ever use Nicolas Cage the once. Yeah, right. So I got to wonder what kind of person he was to work with. There. I've always heard, uh, like, what was it, Vampire's Kiss, maybe? Got the CD commentary. and Oh, yeah. And, yeah, have you ever, have you ever listened to that? Huh? It's really, yeah. you got to. Really? They they said he was so difficult to work with because he 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 had very high standards. He was an actor's actor, and <laughs> right. and uh, like remember the scene where they where he ate the like, what was it, the cockroach? Oh, no, it was a dog. Kiss? Oh yeah, cockroach. Yeah, that's right. He, well, he said being such a a method actor, like he he wouldn't let them cut away from it, or he's he, he really wanted to do it. Eat the live cockroach. Yeah, because. He was so into the part and everything. And they said that he was so annoying about that they made him take another take, even though they got it right the first time, just to make him do it again. So you think he was just probably not great to work with? I think he just, yeah, had, I mean, I think he just he seems wanted like to be person. perfect. And, you know, he had that actor family. He's yeah, sure, he's too. a couple, yeah. Um, but he well, also, I mean, he seems like a guy who probably takes himself super very seriously. seriously. Yeah. But they they never worked with Randall Tex Kyle again, <laughs> right? So uh, he may have died. Oh. No, he <laughs> lived a while. Yeah, okay. He was on an episode of Married with Children. <laughs> yeah. uh, although we uh, there's a podcast we've mentioned before called The Dollop. He was a uh, uh, part of a story on one of those. Oh, episodes. Randall, Randall Cobb. Yeah. The uh, the boxing one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The dollop is great. Yeah. You guys should totally be listening to that right now instead of this. Seriously. <laughs> uh, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah, the uh, Nicholas Cage thing. Yeah, if, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I know you haven't, but the uh, there's a documentary called The Death of Superman Lives. Oh, no, I have not. Which is all about the uh, Tim Burton, Nicholas Cage right. Superman movie that never got made. There's a lot of footage of Nicolas Cage, like, you know, getting, like, fitted for his suits or whatever, and then, like, him just having conversations with Tim Burton about, you know, the movie that they were going to make, and, yeah, he definitely seems, 
right. not humorless, but definitely, you know, very serious, very full of, of, of himself. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and I don't mind that to a certain extent. Like I, I appreciate an actor who wants to, right, be totally immersed in the character and get everything perfect. And I like think Gary that, Oldman or somebody. Yeah, Robert De Niro was probably like that in his early days. And right, like you know, it leads to some quality work, but also. It, Kind of grates the nerves of right. everybody you're working with. But at least, you know, like there's directors that have you know said, "Hey, I'll, I'll work with that guy again." You know? Right, right. I was surprised John Goodman wasn't in Hail Caesar, like in some sort of. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. In, like, he's been in more Coen Brothers movies than you know anybody, probably even more than Frances McDormand. Yeah, yeah. yeah which she had the bit part oh, in she there. Was she was great. In it. <laughs> <laughs> the projectionist. Yeah. She almost got murdered by the <laughs> See, that was something too, like the film industry almost killed her. Right, yeah. Uh <laughs> aging aging women are um you know not treated well by the film industry. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was gonna be in that. Yeah. Yeah, so you used to work at Mavericks, you kinda work there now again. Right. So you're obviously lighting a little. And uh, baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. Does Maverick still carry baseball yeah. cards? <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, what kind of comics? Uh, do you still read any? No, not as. I would like to get back into it, but. I know you bought one a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll still. There's certain artists and writers I will take anything that they do, but. Like, like but, me. Uh, of course, Jason <laughs> Young is number one on that list. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of them that I really was into, like Dave Sim and, and Jim Woodring and all those guys, don't publish much anymore. Right. So it, it's easy to buy everything they do because it's <laughs> right. one thing a year. <laughs> yeah, like I've read everything Joe Matt has done in the last 10 years I've read today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nothing. So I, I really haven't. Just delved into all the new guys out there. I'm sure there's some that would just blow me away, but I just it's it's a trial and error thing of trying a few things and see what oh, yeah. you know. It's just finding time more than anything. Yeah, time is the big factor in me reading anything. You know, I've said it multiple times. You know, like unless it's for gutter trash, I usually right. <laughs> don't have time to read much of anything. I, I do read some comics. That we don't review for the show, but it's few and far between. And it's mostly like stuff by friends of mine, like mini comics and things like that, or like my absolute favorite books, like like a new issue of Crickets by Sammy Harkum came out this week, um, or last Tuesday or whatever. And uh, I had to read it when I got home. Like it, it was like after midnight when I got home from work, and I I had to read it before I went to bed because I was so excited. Like it's, it's like it's number I think five, and, and uh, you know he, he doesn't. I think it's been more than five years since he started the series, so it's not like something that comes out very often. Right. But when it does, I'm so excited. I just have to like. There's certain guys like that, or or ladies like uh, uh Carrie McNinch. Yeah. I read hers whenever it comes out, but um, yeah, for the most part, they just pile up until we review them for the show. Right. Yeah, I spent the last two days and also last weekend just trying to organize books. Right. It's like I've got. Now, like three long boxes of organized comics that I haven't read a single one. Wow! Of them. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> right, and then I'm I'm to the point now where a lot of my favorites from, geez, how long has it been? Like '90s, I'd be 25 20 years, years ago that 
I can pull out comics that I know I love and don't remember a single thing about right. it. And, oh, that's, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, yeah. and that, so I could read that series versus going out and buying something new that I may or may not like. But what yeah. if your tastes have changed so much that you're like, oh, the Flaming Carrot's just not funny anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. That does happen, <laughs> some, not with Flaming Carrot, of course, right. but with there's been some books where they don't hold up quite as well yeah. as I remember, but then there's others where... I remember reading them, but I honestly don't know when I turn the page what's going to happen. That's, that's kind of cool. That's a cool uh, feeling, or maybe it's uh, maybe it's a scary feeling. <laughs> entering senility already, but well, I think you know your mind remembers some things that are important. Like you remember that you liked it, right? Yeah, right. Like your mind's like, ah. or I just assume that since it's in my yeah in my collection, yeah. But, but that's kind of good that you don't remember every detail. Yeah. I mean, it's not even just detail. It's it's like, is like, this character going to get killed? Like, oh or I, I, I don't even remember. Clark Kent is Superman? <laughs> yeah. This is news. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, and the good thing is the more senile I get, then I can read the same book right. every year, or right. even daily. You just own one comic book. Right. Read it all the time. <laughs> right. Goo showed up and, and exerted a calming influence on all of us. Yeah, first, yeah my, my, he's very zen. My eighteen-year-old kitty cat. Uh, he is awesome. <clears throat> Except for on Edna, he didn't. There's no zen over there. No, she, she, she's she's chewing right away. She's anti-zen, as I think most dogs are. Yeah, at least her age. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would also say just most dogs in general <laughs> just are not. Calm. Right. <laughs> no, they're they're supposed to. I mean, you know, you know that way. If, if you know, like somebody gets on our turf, like another drug dealer, right? Yeah. They just, our dogs like uh, let us know, and then we can. Or like if the cops show up, we can flush everything because right, the dogs yeah. will bark. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're here for. Yep. So, uh, for some reason, I don't feel like Edna is. Uh, the kind of dog that would do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I was with my ex, you know, she lived in a house with 13 dogs. You know, wow. I mean, I was with her for a year, and every time I would go over, every single dog would, like, freak out as soon as I, like, even walked onto the patio. Right. But, like, you know, I come over to your house, and Edna just kind of stares at me through the kitchen window <laughs> and just... Doesn't do a thing. Wear a postman's uniform next time if you want to get that experience. Yeah, yeah, she gets a little more excited about uniforms. Yeah. So, yeah, either you watch or read anything recently that uh, stood out to you. I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers, and and, uh, and I read that issue of Crickets, which I can't say enough. Cricket, Crickets is a book. I think, I think Sammy Harkum is in that troop of like Jim Woodring and and that that class of cartoonists that you would right. be like, wow, this is great. I'll and have to I, check that. Yeah. I, it sounds kind of familiar. I don't know if I've seen him at a show, maybe. Or, I, I know I've heard the title. Okay. Maybe you've seen it at Mavericks, possibly. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we ordered a couple copies of the first couple. We only got uh, we only got the one copy of the new issue for me because I just don't think anybody else would have bought it. But and it's like a crazy size; it's really weird sized. And, yeah, 
I sound terrible. Like I can't support your thing. Right about it. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's just I know our clientele, and like unless it is a regular size, then like something Batman. they're familiar with. Yeah, <laughs> it's gotta be a number one. I, I know. know. Like yeah. we used to order an extra cup. Like me and you would each buy an Acme Novel Library and order one more. And like I'm sure they're still there from like 20 years ago. Yeah, talk about weird sizes and looks. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. There's not a lot of adventuresome. Uh, comic spires that are there's a few but but even uh, uh, you know what I'm gonna reorder every issue of crickets that's there we go. I get <laughs> this conversation has has made me think I should do that and I'll promote them if you're out there and you uh, are lo- looking for a book to read I uh, highly recommend crickets that's uh, soon to be available at Mavericks soon to be available I've uh, never heard of it before this very conversation oh, yeah. You, you love it so much, you've never mentioned it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I've mentioned it. I I was talking about uh, how quiet it was. Right. I was just enjoying the crickets. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, oh, Edna's asleep. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the first two issues are uh, like anthology of a bunch of short stories, and three, four, and five are the first three parts of an ongoing story called Blood of the Virgins about. Or Blood of the Virgin. It's about people making a film called Blood of the Virgin. It's kind of oh. like kind of like a movie we watched tonight. <clears throat> but it's it's fantastic. <laughs> How about you? Read anything good? Uh, I haven't really read anything lately. Um, but I did watch a movie today, which uh, was pretty enjoyable. It was a documentary. Hail Caesar? Huh? Uh, other than Hail <laughs> oh. Caesar. Oh. Uh, while I was uh, organizing my comics, I watched a movie called Electric Boogaloo, the story of Canon Films. Uh, there was a movie studio in the late 70s and throughout the 80s called Canon Films, and they made basically every terrible movie that you've ever heard of. Like uh, Over the Top. Over the Top. Uh, the All the Death Wish sequels, not the original one. <laughs> uh, most of uh, anything Chuck Norris was in throughout the 80s. Uh, uh, the the Alan Quartermain movies with uh, Richard Chamberlain. Yeah. Uh, they also managed to get the rights to make Superman four, uh, and the Masters of the Universe movie. So, top notch stuff. Top notch wow. stuff. Uh, basically, it's about the uh, the two guys who ran it were these uh, Israeli uh, immigrants who were filmmakers back in Israel. And uh, they came to Hollywood to, to make it big, and they basically, you know, originally never made a movie for more than like a hundred thousand dollars. And all those wanted. all looked about that quality level. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, you know, basically, you know, if it didn't have a lot of uh, sex or nudity, they they didn't want to make it. <laughs> so they they knew their market. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, there's a quote in it where uh, they're talking about. Superman 4, <clears throat> and uh, they, it was only made for $25 million, which, I mean, you know, for a movie of that type is, is not really a lot, and uh, there's like a short interview with, with uh, the, the main guy, uh, Medicon Golan, and uh, he was like, Basically, like, if he had, like, $50 million to make a movie, like, he wouldn't know what to do with that much money. Like, he would instead, he can make 50 movies with that. 
So basically everything just done as cheaply as possible, as quickly as possible, and, and usually as badly as possible. That's where we got the idea for this podcast. <laughs> <Kind> <laughs> Although there was one thing where they're talking about like the film production, and it reminded me a lot of like what I've heard about like you know Silver Age DC comics, where basically he would have hire someone to make a movie poster. And then they would try to figure out the movie to make for that poster. Wow. Where, like in DC Comics, they would make a cover and say, "Hey, here's your next issue." Right? Yeah. Like it's Superman's marrying a gorilla. Right. Yeah. They're like, "Oh no, I got to draw that." <laughs> so it's pretty good. I would definitely recommend that, especially if you have any kind of love for terrible, terrible like movies. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> The uh, the greatest stinger of the movie was uh, like the throughout everything, you know, basically like the the producers were trying to like jump onto like different trends, you know, like oh, you know, this kind of right. movie is is big, so let's try to make one first, you know, and that was kind of the thing, like hey, we have you know a thousand dollars, let's crank out this movie in a week and then throw it out there before the big studios do it. Uh, so at the very end of the movie. Uh, there's just like text where the, the the guy who made the movie was like, yeah, we tried to reach out to you know Medicom Golan and Yoram Globus, you know, to be interviewed for the movie, but they decided to make uh, their own documentary about themselves first, and it came out three years before this. <laughs> <laughs> like they got the idea, yeah, and made their movie. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she just brought me her bone. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Joe? Any uh, anything you've watched or read recently? I've actually been getting caught up on all the Marvel movies lately. Oh, yeah? um, just think working at Mavericks got me uh, awesome. Got me motivated <laughs> to see the ones I'd missed. So I think I'm pretty caught up on all those now. Oh yeah. Um, which I was telling Jason, you know. They're not going to be the most thought-provoking movies, but they're just so enjoyable. Yeah. Every one of them is like reading a comic. I appreciate the quality level that they're all right. putting into them all. I love to see comics finally getting the, uh, you know, being taken seriously by Hollywood. And so just saying, right. oh, we're, we're targeting 12-year-olds, you know, yeah. and or doing the, the fast and cheap versions like you were talking about, too. Right. Just, you know, uh, every one of them is... Been pretty good. Yeah, I like I like that they're taking them seriously in that regard. But I wish they were having more fun with like the Avengers movies have been pretty fun. Right, I'd see the Marvel ones are yeah. all you know have a sense of fun. And, and yeah, well, if you've seen Ant Man yet, that one's kind of in that same vein too, where it's it's more it's a comedy. Right? Yeah, of course, like stories like Thor, he's they're very serious, but I think for what it is, but there's also fun and in, in, in them, and right. also you know humorous moments. Yeah. Yeah, I, they're all like pretty well written comic stories to me. Yeah, I have to. I do have to see Ant Man. I haven't seen that one yet. Say so, you know, because I think what you're mostly thinking about is probably the DC movies. D- DC, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, I think, yeah, mostly DC. Yeah, yeah, they still don't. They still don't get it. They're behind. Oh yeah, I think the thing I like most about the Marvel movies is that even each one individually, like even though they're all based on superhero stuff. Like, they're also their own genre of movie at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
like Ant-Man is like a comedy heist. Right. And like, you know, Captain America was like a political thriller. And, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was like a space opera, you know, so they're all taking their own, you know, tone or twist on a different genre other right. than just being a superhero. Right. right. And I feel like that's just like when Marvel first came out with comics way back in the day. They did, they took, you know, DC was doing superhero stories, and I like the DC stuff, but Marvel added that twist of just, I don't know, you can relate to it. It's, it's like they added the human element where people have relationships and problems, real life problems. And, like and, cats uh, and dogs. Yeah, cats and dogs. <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know, and, and just even arguing amongst themselves. Oh, I mean, yeah. you rarely saw the Super Friends have right. a big blow up right. at the Hall yeah. of Justice. But, but like the Fantastic Four are always infighting. Right. And, and uh, you know, Hulk is always fighting Wolverine. He's always fighting somebody else. But, but I think uh, the, the movies are the same way where it's, I don't know, it just seems like, right. you know, the DC, DC is all about the superheroes and just strictly their battle with the supervillains. And then Marvel's more of like, Got got them all lounging around and talking, and right. you know a lot of more dialogue and just the human element, which yeah. I, I think adds a lot to it. Yeah, they're they're more relatable. Like Steve Rogers, even like half the time doesn't have his mask on. You know? Right. right. I think uh, <clears throat> the main problem with DC lately, anyway, is that they're trying to do the Marvel thing, but they're getting all the elements of it wrong. Like, you know, like, oh, well, let's make our characters more human and relatable. But that means that they're all sad and, yeah. you know, just angry yeah. all the time. And <laughs> yeah, and we'll have turmoil by making Batman and Superman uh, fight each other. Right, yeah. It'll be epic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I uh, have started reading something, mm -hmm. uh, but it's going to be for the show. Oh, okay. So, uh, once I finish reading that, I'll hand them off to you, and hopefully we'll talk about it on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, so I have uh, decided that our next pick is going to be an Image comic, a six-issue miniseries. Uh, I know you're, you're fighting. I'm being attacked by a cat and a dog. Right? No. No bite. <laughs> So the, uh, the the book I'm picking is called We Stand on Guard. Oh, okay. By uh, Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Steve Scrooce. Scrooce? Scrooce? I've, I've heard it Scrooce yeah. before, but who knows. Yeah, it's an image book. The uh, sixth issue of it just came out not too long ago, and I think the trade is due out fairly soon. Sweet. So, uh, About America's War with Canada, right? Yeah. 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 Mostly, uh, at least... You know, I've, I've read a couple of issues of it already. Uh, it's from the Canadian perspective yes. okay. of, of the invading forces of America. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. I like Brian Vaughn, and yeah. I, have not, I have not read that one yet. So, yeah. yeah. That'll be, that'll be uh, the next thing, unless you're vetoing. No. Okay. No. I would not veto anything Brian Vaughn did. Oh, yeah? Because I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, saga. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I have it's... zero interest in reading Saga. Really? Oh, but, you, but you have read it? I have not. Really? Yep. That's bizarre. I 
do not want to read that book. Just because of the hype? Or what? Nope. Just does not look like anything that I would ever enjoy. Man, it's it's good. It's very good. Take your word for it. Yeah. It seems to be the consensus. Do not want to read it. <laughs> so I won't pick it for the show. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read the first couple of trades, so it's really good. I'm sure it is. If you're into that fantasy sci-fi <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> It's like Star Wars, but for adults. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was actually the tagline they gave it early on, which right. was like kind of insulting to Star Wars. Right. Fans, you know, like, you know Star, Star Wars is all ages. Yeah. Star Wars isn't just a kid's thing. It's an all ages thing. But it's mostly for kids. I don't think so. I think it's all ages. I think I enjoyed it as much now as I did when I was a kid. You're also. I'm an all, I'm all ages fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for all ages. <laughs> Sweet. We stand on guard. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just for the show, but for going to the movie. That was fun. Yeah, that, that was, was a fun. good time. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't get out to the movies that much anymore. Do I you? don't. I typically, like, that's like mostly my least favorite place to see a movie is at a movie theater. So I typically don't go to the theater. Ideally, it's one of my favorite places to see a movie, but it's usually all the other people that ruin that yeah. experience. Oh, yeah. If it's yeah. just me in the theater or like me and whoever I went with, that's yeah. amazing. But usually it's not worth the money for me because there's some jerk with a cell phone or right. whatever. I was just playing on every major event yeah. that's yeah. pulling people away. <laughs> yeah. So next one will be, uh, let's, let's go 4th of July. Oh, about yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, that, will, that will not work. <laughs> when, when's the World Cup? <laughs> Are we going to go to Europe to watch? Uh, <laughs> Isn't that big here? Uh, All right. Uh, well, uh, yeah, looking forward to reading We Stand On Guard. Cool, cool. All right. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.